a little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at penfed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. On today's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod, how are you grading the entertainment value of MLS back? What judgments are you making based on the group? And Gustavo Bo is standing out? Listeners, if you haven't done so, follow us at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star review. Now, let's get to today's episode. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Fellas, 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 we're talking MLS today, listeners. It's uh, it's a threesome here. You got myself, you got Jake, oh, and Justin. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he did it. He went with it. He said threesome. <laughs> anyway, um, Justin, welcome. <laughs> this is a PG show, Stephen. We got I, to put hey, the explicit tag on it now. No, it's you, you golf in a foursome. I don't, I don't know what you was. What are you talking about? You're the get your head out of the gutter, man. Hey, uh, sorry. I'm sorry you uh, went there, Justin. Hi, how are you doing? How? <laughs> there's no, there's I'm... no easy transition away from that, by the way. So yeah, Justin, how's it going? Nah, it's uh, uh yeah, we're we're doing well. Um, excited to be back on. Excited to talk MLS. So uh, you know, get to talk about MLS is back and how we feel about it. Yes, yes. Finally, we're talking about soccer. It's been a while. No, no, we're not talking about COVID today, which is nice, right, Jake? Well, that's to be determined. We still have another 20, 25 minutes to go here. So that could come up. We don't know yet. The night's still young. <laughs> the night is still young. Listeners, we're recording this July 21st on this Tuesday night. Uh, during the Columbus-Atlanta game, Columbus is up one nothing. Uh, briefly, 12 seconds here. Is this a statement by Columbus right here? Beating Atlanta one nothing, Or after, they, uh, after Atlanta lost to FC Cincinnati? Yeah, this is somewhere in the middle of the table. Middle of the Hell no. Hell no, that's in a statement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm back on the sack Frank DeBoer bandwagon. This t- Man, this club should be so much better than it is. Frank DeBoer is such an ass coach. We should have saw this coming when he was terrible at Crystal Palace. And that we the, Atlanta hired him in, and they were all champions. Like, look, we got Frank DeBoer to replace Tata. I no, talk about this, a 180. This Atlanta team, this Atlanta team, I'm sorry. It's... I mean, I'm gonna eat crow. I'm sure when there's when the playoffs roll around here. But man, I don't think this is a statement win for Columbus. I think beating the Red Bulls is more of a statement than beating Atlanta right now. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, if you look at the substitutes right now, they they took Zardis and Pedro Santos off 
after an hour and they subbed off their left back at halftime. So like, I, I think Caleb Porter understands that they've got the one nil lead. They'll, they'll see it out and they're on to the round of 16. Oh, they're going to see it out. Justin with the confidence. Anyway, listeners, we're talking MLS is back. We're talking about little entertainment value and what it means for MLS. Obviously, we're going to give your opinions on the group stage and what it all means. Dark Horse's favorite player standouts. But we're going to begin with the question of the day, guys. And how are you grading the entertainment value of MLS is back? And uh, Justin, since you're new to the show, I'll give you the uh, first take. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it comes from from missing MLS so much and and kind of not being able to go to the Red Bulls home opener this year. But I, I'm giving it an A. I mean, I've enjoyed you know, 98% of the games, there's been a few snoozers here and there, but even then it's, it's just nice to kind of have the league back, have games back, see these teams play well, see these teams not play so well, and just see what uh, some of the new coaches are doing with their teams. Do you like the uh, 9 a.m. window? I mean, personally, yeah, I, I know you guys are working, but I'm not, so I can just make myself some coffee, lay on the couch and watch a 9 a.m. game. <laughs> <laughs> and then you so can't... uh it's 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 a pretty enjoyable morning for me yeah yeah i mean trust me i'm doing the same thing but i got my work computer open and i'm doing work just in case my boss listens to me i am working during the morning work with <laughs> with air quotes work yeah okay jake uh jake mr negative how are you grading mls's back well it's funny you should call me that there steven i'm gonna give it a b minus Wow. I think the game. Why am I not surprised? On, you, I don't know. I don't know why you would be surprised if by me uh, taking a negative approach to it. I think the games early on were bad. Uh, they've been better as of late. RSL Minnesota United. Though, Does it matter that they're bad? Fest. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> why? I, I think. I you think rather so, watch. Think, you rather watch a bad here's, MLS here's game thing. than here's you the know. thing. Here's the thing, Stephen. I wean myself. I used to wake up every morning like 5 a.m. watch the Premier League and all that stuff. I was that guy. And then Real I snob. and then. I was a Euro snub. And then for this show, because we talked more MLS, I stopped watching it so I could appreciate MLS more. However, because the European leagues came back before MLS did and there was no sports, I was like, well, I'm, I guess I'm going to watch, uh, you know, Watford Burnley, I, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, or City Liverpool. And I started watching those games again. And now that, that those games are on in the afternoon, because they're basically on every day. And then at night I put on MLS. It's very apparent that the that the quality of play in Orlando is pretty poor. And I'm not saying that as somebody with from a Euro snob perspective. I'm just saying it's slowed down. I mean, look, the conditions in Orlando aren't our de- yeah. aren't ideal. It's hot. It's humid. I mean, these guys. It almost looks like a wet T-shirt contest. Thirty <laughs> seconds into the match, with the way you can see through something, like, you can see through the jerseys if they're wearing the white jerseys. Like these guys are drenched in their own sweat. I don't. I didn't. So, yeah. The, the, who was it, Justin? You texted us going like, "Why? What player was wearing the double, the, like the the bra, the the sports bra that a lot of these players oh. now wear, and under the white shirt?" And you're just like, "Why would you wear two shirts?" Yeah, yeah, it was the, it was the Inter Miami game, and they had they had uh, you know their Under Armour underneath their regular jersey, and I'm like, you've been here for how long, and you expected it to be cold this morning? Like I don't I don't get that, but maybe <laughs> maybe it's just some secret way to play better as an athlete that I don't know too much about, but yeah, yeah, I I'm giving it a, a solid B, as Jake mentioned, weather conditions, and then on top of that, these these teams aren't informed, so yeah, you're gonna have some good moments, you're gonna have some bad moments, and. Um, it's yeah, there, there's been snoozers, but there's been a lot of fun stuff. Now the real concern, Jake, I have is, is the TV ratings and they've not been good. 
Yeah, Stephen, you're right. They have not been great. Uh, according to Richard Deitch of The Athletic, he had a couple interesting tweets on uh, Monday, July 20th. He wrote on Twitter, per Austin Carp, the MLS is back tournament is averaging 231,000 viewers across Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, and FS1. ESPN and ESPN2 have combined to average 236,000 viewers, while Fox and FS1 are averaging 224,000. However, there is more from Richard here. Four of the 14 games to date have aired at 9 a.m. Eastern, and none of those games have topped 175,000 viewers. Of the nine MLS games that have started in the primetime window, those telecasts have averaged 296,000 viewers. And Stephen, that does not paint a nope. good picture nope. for nope. a league that's literally competing against nobody right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, listeners, just as a reminder, MLS's TV deal runs through 2022. So I don't know what this means. I don't know behind the scenes what MLS is discussing, whether or not they're okay with the numbers, whether they're panicking or whether it's a positive statement i'm not too sure i don't know what the tv networks are thinking because yeah as jake mentioned during some of these time slots you're not competing against anybody in the sporting world so it is interesting and listeners question of the day let us know at unc sam soccer pod how are you grading the entertainment value of mls's back and uh interesting discussion that uh, jake justin and i have kind of stumbled into before the show is whether or not we can make any judgments on these teams based on the group stage. And uh, it seems like uh, Justin and Jake are on the same team, and I have a different opinion than you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can judge kind of where these teams are at after this tournament. Again, conditions and such taken into consideration. Um, we've seen that these coaches have been trying to get their ideas across, even though the conditions are kind of wacky here in Orlando, but this tournament is kind of a buildup to a regular season that I think is 16 or 18 games within the conference and then playoffs. So these coaches are going to want their players to be playing however they want them to, so that when this tournament's said and done, they can go into the regular season, get whatever points they need to to qualify for a playoff position, and then go on and win MLS Cup. Um, and right now, you know, I think if you look at teams like the crew, like Toronto, like LAFC, you can say, yeah, these teams are these teams are solid right now. They're going to make a pretty decent run during the regular season, probably the playoff. But then you look at teams, maybe like Montreal, maybe like Atlanta, you know, where they're struggling. You're going to have question marks going into that regular season. But do you think? So this is an interesting. Like you take a uh, Frank DeBoer, and obviously Jake was ripping him. But is it fair for for the Atlanta front office for ownership to sit thing of Frank? Like, look, uh, you're out after MLS is back if they don't qualify uh, for the next stage. And we're currently, you know, it's they're down one nothing in the, as, as I'm talking here in the 74th minute. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's fair or not. I mean, you have the pandemic, you have, uh, you know, players, teams, they're not training regularly. How are you supposed to make any judgment, at least on that sense? Like, yeah, you can only improve your stock. But can you negatively hurt it? I mean, DeBoer's had a year to work with this Atlanta team, and I think we saw them maybe not necessarily hit a decline, but stall out last year, especially because players like Pity Martinez weren't necessarily, um, you know, hitting the heights that they had been before they came to the club. But I think this tournament just emphasized even more how how much 
Atlanta has regressed since the Boar has come and tried to kind of, I guess, make this team his own by selling a lot of key players like Julian Gressel. Um, but, you know, you see without Joseph Martinez, there's no star player to carry on what we now see is, is a poor Atlanta team to a playoff position and then potentially, you know, a deep run in MLS Cup playoffs. Yeah, I think, like, look, I, this tournament, I think, I think you, you come on, Mister Negative. You, I think you can make judgments. Now, I'm not. Now, look, I know I basically said sack Frank DeBoer at the start of this season or at the start of the show. Sorry, um, <laughs> Freudian slip. But I there. don't think. I don't think. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, Frank DeBoer is going to lose his job if he if he doesn't uh, you know salvage this match against Columbus Crew here, uh, but like these yeah, games, but, but but Jake, but that's an interesting point because if if no no owner no owner is firing their coach after this after this group stage, like if you didn't qualify for the knockout rounds, n- no one's getting fired. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, because but, because but, you have to treat this you have to treat these games as regular season games. You can't look at them as a tournament. No, no, you don't treat. The, yeah, okay, sure. In the standings, they count as regular season. But simply put, it this is preseason. And if you advance to the the knockout stage, good for you. You get to play more preseason games. Yeah, they're gonna mean something. You have Champions League and money tied to the winner. But it, it's extended preseason. And yeah, Inter Miami, right? They've been god awful. They they have lost every game that they've been in MLS. They're down in a fifteen point hole when it comes to, uh, you know, making the playoffs and whatever it may be. You, you know, speaking of Miami, they're probably happy there was a pandemic. To be honest with you, I mean, look at how bad they have played. They may be if this was a full season, they may be the worst expansion team of all time, and they may have just dodged that bullet by not having a play a full regular season uh, this year. As Justin alluded to, we, we're, we might be looking at 16, 18 regular season games when this tournament's all said and done. By the way, we haven't even, there hasn't even been a schedule release for that, so we don't know where this is going after this. There could be no MLS after the first week of August. We don't know. You know what I mean? There's there Nobody yeah. has released a plan yet of we're going to play games. And, Here we go. Yeah, exactly. Nobody has any clue. But, yes, you're right. These are glorified preseason games, but they still count for something. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I look at it as I look at it as if you were a team, would you fire your – if you were the, an owner of a team, would you fire your coach based off of three uh, – uh, uh, a run of three games? Would you if go, you, oh, have you the look cojones. like crap three games? If you have the cojones and you're in Atlanta, so – let, let's let's make this in the modern. Uh, let's let's do some parallelism here. Atlanta United is what the equivalent of what club in England? I don't know. I mean, how do you how do okay, you Manchester United, a, a team that is up there at top of of the Wait, league? Mancha- no, 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 no. That's like the Galaxy. Manchester Galaxy, like Man United, okay. with all the titles and everything. Good lord! I don't know. I don't know. Who give you, me a Justin. Give me give me a club. City. A, 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 city. Well. I'm not going to give you a club, but I'll say this much as far as, uh, you know, the coaching and stuff goes. It doesn't make sense to fire a coach now. It, let's let's pretend there is the, that 18 game regular season. It doesn't make sense to fire your coach now because, yeah, one, I don't think MLS teams will necessarily be buying players right now to improve their squads. I think if anything, this tournament helped them put players, you know, on display for European teams to come and pick them up. Um I think as an as an owner of a team, you kind of see this tournament, whether your team's playing good or bad, you got to ride out the rest of 2020. And when you go into 2021, that's when you make your moves and you're like, all right, 
if, if Atlanta does say DeBoer's out, then it's got to be at the end of this year. And it can't just be a rush decision. Then you're looking for a new coach. Then you're trying to rush by, you know, players in through purchases and stuff. And I think that makes for a worse combination than. I'll be surprised. Voice of reason manager, right there. I'll be surprised if any manager is fired at the end of the season. Oh, interesting. So there you go. Obviously, we disagree whether or not you can make judgments. I think it's more on the no side because it's tournament football. So, but what do I know? Uh, Orlando's been on fire, right? Are they a dark horse? Let, let's let's start talking about that. When it comes to winning this tournament, I I think I don't know if every club is taking it as serious as others. But no, there are, I I agree with you, Stephen. I agree are, with you. I think there are a segment of teams that could potentially go win this, and I don't know if it makes a statement or not. But I think we all we all agree the crew have been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean they they they're definitely. I mean, they look to be the best team, right? I mean, that's kind of everyone's pick to win at this point. I mean, they're one of my favorites to win. I also have LAFC picked uh, to to be of a, a, a. Of course I do. I'm a I'm a LAFC Bobo. I love LAFC. <laughs> <laughs> but but Justin, why 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 is why should we take the crew so seriously? Uh, I think it comes from the fact that they're so strong across the board in their team and they're not just a team that likes to attack you know they're a team that's obviously humming when they're going forward but in defense too they have players who can who can do the job defensively they have players like Milton Valenzuela and Harrison Offal out wide who can get forward but can also do their jobs as fullbacks and and they have Mensa who's been immense <laughs> uh for the first two games um and I think that puts them in a better position than a team like LAFC and like Toronto, who we've seen have holes in their defense. And I'm sure the crew do too. I'm sure it's only a matter of time until we see a coach figure out how exactly to exploit this Columbus team, but it will be difficult. And it's going to be a lot harder than trying to score goals against LAFC and, and Toronto, because I think they have bigger holes in their defenses than the crew do. Yeah. That, that's actually an interesting point that you mentioned there. How right when when we're talking about knockout football, right? It's it's a different take. Like these teams can't sit there and take on the crew and and gamble and be like, well, let's try this. You know, at some point you got to see if you can defend a, a one nothing lead. And and the Columbus crew have been good that they 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 can score when when they need to, but they can also uh, defensively sit sit back and, and you know work themselves out of trouble. And I think it's. It, it's a fun team to watch. I do like Caleb Porter's system. I think they they play they play a, a nice game of soccer, unlike some other teams in in MLS. And so you obviously have the crew there. Jake mentioned LAFC. Justin, you mentioned Toronto. Let me float this name out there: Orlando City and Oscar Pereira. I I genuinely think the scariest thing in any tournament style game or you know any tournament in soccer is a team that gets hot during the group stage um not just in results but in style of play and how the team looks when they're playing together and Orlando showed that against Philly I think although they didn't win the game and they drew that was the best game that they played as a team and they showed exactly what Pareja wants out of them um you know going forward defending uh they just played some passing sequences that entire game that we'd associate with Atlanta or LAFC 
that we've never seen in Orlando since they've, you know, come into the league. Um, so I think they're definitely a dark horse to watch out for. <clears throat> my personal dark horse and my personal take on who will win the tournament is the Timbers for the same reason as the crew. I think they're solid defensively. I really like the partnership of of Williams and Chara in midfield. There's They're definitely not as good as Nagby and Artur because Nagby is just an absolute animal in midfield and Artur has really proven himself to be you know, on Chara's level, level I think. Um, but they have the same firepower in Diego Valeri, Sebastian Blanco, Jeremy Abobasi going forward as, as a Zellerion or a Zardis and a Pedro Santos. So I, I I would love to see a crew Portland final like the 2015 MLS Cup. I think it'd be a hell of a lot more entertaining and the soccer would be a lot more, uh, or the soccer would just be yeah, better in general. Some, well, you got Caleb Porter playing his, his former club there. I think there's a little bit of history. I think <clears> there's <throat> a little extra incentive to Nappy also coming from, from yeah exactly you know, from portland so yeah i think you're right there i think that would be an intriguing matchup for for a lot of mls fans and darlington nagby by the way has been phenomenal uh frank the boar said he reminds him of busquets the the barcelona midfielder so high praise from from the dutchman okay buddy okay buddy this is how i know frank de boer is, is an ass coach <laughs> Although uh, Alexi Lalas, I think, said Nagby is the most talented player in the U.S. Uh, pool currently. Technical, I don't know what the term. Whatever, whatever was. it was. Technical. And, and this is uh, this is when like Christian Pulisic is just on a tear at Chelsea. He's like, yeah, I, Darlington Nagby is probably the best or the most gifted player for the U.S. Men's National Team right there, right now. Um, so I guess there's multiple people that want to make preposterous statements about Darlington Nagby. Well, yeah. Okay, but <laughs> Darlington Nagby has been sorry. really good. Just... Sorry, Nagby has been really good. I, I've really liked him. Uh, another name, Justin, I want to throw out to you: the San Jose Earthquakes. Through through their three games, they won two, uh, they tied one, they they scored six goals. They got the seven points. They're going to win Group B. Chicago Fire still have to play Vancouver Whitecaps because they both have two games apiece. I don't know. Is this a team that you know might be overlooked now that we're talking about Orlando, Portland, uh, Columbus, Toronto, IFC? Like those are five clubs. And then are we going to sandwich uh, San Jose there? Or what about the Seattle Sounders? I mean, they're defending MLS Cups, uh, Cup champs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, in terms of San Jose, I would lump them in the same boat as Orlando as being a team that look like they're finally clicking under what they what their coach wants out of them. My only thing is uh, the game that it happened against was against the Chicago Fire, who haven't necessarily, you know, been the best team in the tournament. And, and given they're working under a new coach and they've had a, a bunch of players come in. But I think Orlando's performance against Philly, who are, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the East, is much more telling of where they're at than San Jose being able to beat uh, Chicago comfortably. But I would put them in that boat of this is a team that's hot right now you probably wouldn't want to face them going into the round of 16. And as far as the Sounders go, yeah, defending MLS Cup champions, but I, I think I think they've they've kind of been a sleeping giant right now. They they kind of walk through the group stage at, at some points. But isn't that uh, scary? Jordan Morris. Sorry? Isn't that scary that they're they're kind of like a, a team that sleeps through the knockout stage? Like, yeah, well, it's whatever. Jordan Morris comes alive. Ladero. I mean, you go on and some of these players wake up. They, they're like, oh, the, the lights are shining brighter. I know Jake hates that, but um, Seattle Sounders show up when it means when they need to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it shows during regular seasons, too. I mean, like when there's 
when there's not a pandemic. I mean, I think we see the Sounders start a little slow at the beginning of every year, but when it gets to crunch time and the summer hits, that's when they really start to pick up steam. Um, and I think we saw through Morris's performance last game that they have picked up steam and, I, you know, they're another team that I would say, I mean, even, even if, if, if Morris didn't have the game, he did, you don't want to play the Sounders. The Sounders are good at soccer regardless. Right. Um, but you know, it, I, I would just be cautious with them. You know, they, they could continue sleeping through the round of 16 and get knocked out, or they could finally wake up from that last game and, and try and push for, you know, to, for a final appearance. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's an ex- excellent point. Jake, let me ask you, you're in the Minnesota area. You obviously follow Minnesota United. We texted, and I don't think we really obviously ever said this on the show, but we thought this is, you said this is a team that might be at the top of MLS in its entirety, top five team, right? And according to 538, uh, they're one of the favorites to win this. My Minnesota United are favored to win this tournament, Steven? They're not the favorites. They're behind LAFC, Philadelphia, Toronto, Seattle. They're fifth favorite. The fifth favorite team ahead of Columbus. As somebody who I think I spoke on this podcast prior to the season proclaimed Minnesota United is one of the three best teams in the Western Conference, and you and uh, Armand, our former co-host, kind of laughed at me for saying that. Yeah. Uh, Armand, You're Mr. Sorry, Negative. You never... Sorry if I got you in trouble there, Armand. Um, yeah, I am Mr. Negative. To me, I I think them having the fifth best odds of the fifth highest chances of winning this tournament is kind of laughable after watching them play their first two matches. They haven't really been all that impressive. They've looked... But is this... They, they is don't this, seem threatening right. uh, uh, going forward. They just kind of sit back and absorb pressure. And, you know, they're missing the best defender in MLS, too. I, I can't imagine a back uh, line... Or, yeah, Noel Icopar. I can't, I can't imagine having a... Center back pairing of Michael Boxall and Jose Aja is a good one to is, is a yeah exactly we see Justin kind of kind of chuckle there uh, yeah. to himself when I say that and I mean Ozzy Alonso I, I think missed the, the first match due to injury so I mean that's something to pay attention to and like I said they just don't look they just don't look very uh, threatening Luis Amaria was hurt uh, the first match he then got subbed on midway uh, in the second half in the nil uh, nil game against RSL Mason Toy got hurt uh, in the opener against uh, SKC. So to me, I just, I don't know. I would, I would put teams like Columbus. I'd put teams like sporting Kansas city who also haven't looked great, but uh, you know, I mean, they're one of the upper echelon teams in MLS right now. I put Portland ahead of them. I put new England ahead of them for sure. I'd put the Red Bulls ahead of them. (laughs) Yeah. Are you just going to list every team in MLS? I just just don't think Minnesota United's looked very impressive in this tournament for me to just say they're, 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 they have a good chance of winning it. Jake, let me and Justin, let me ask you a little trivia question. According to five thirty-eight, can you guys guess who has the seventh best odds, which is really tied with Minnesota as the fifth best odds to win MLS's back? You get one I, guess. You get one I'm guess. Staring, I'm staring at it, so I'm not going to guess. Oh. So just as I'm <laughs> unless Justin's staring at it too, and then this uh, is a wasted two minutes. I mean, if it goes, no, I'm not staring at it. But if it goes. You know, if it considers first two games, I I want to say you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it, Justin, because th- there's no reason this team should be ranked as high as they are. There's zero reason. Yeah. It's not it obvious. No. no, the Chicago okay. Fire. 
Really? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe because they have a game that they still have to play, and if they beat Vancouver, they suddenly top Seattle for second in the group because they'll have six points and Seattle has four. I don't know. It's, it's a strange a strange uh, thought there from 538. I mean, obviously, they do the computers and numbers in here, but I, I thought that was a bit striking. Like, Chicago Fire, are the, they have mm-hmm. that high of odds, and LAFC is running away with the odds at 22%, which kind of makes sense, but it's tournament football. Jake and uh things things can happen otherwise. Um but the last club I want to talk about regarding the opportunity to win this is the Philadelphia Union. And Justin, they have the second best odds against 538. They've looked pretty good so far and it's the Philadelphia Union, so they don't necessarily get the most press coverage, but uh yeah, they they can make some noise. Yeah, 100%. And they showed that last year. I think this tournament shows that they're they're building on the momentum of last year's playoff run. Um, Brendan Harrison is obviously the talk of the town amongst, you know, U.S. soccer Twitter. Um, but I think my main concern that Orlando kind of exposed in the last game is whether they can kind of concentrate for a full 90 minutes in these conditions and whether they can kind of pull the trigger in the final third. Because I've you know, they had the three, three draw with LAFC um, back when the regular season was still going, but I still kind of have question marks over whether their final third production is, is going to be there and, and whether they can be more consistent. Um, Matt Doyle, I think put out a video of, of some of Arison's highlights and kind of said that he has to work on his ability to kind of play a little bit better in the final third. And if he's going to be that 10 that links, you know, the rest of his team to, to their strikers, to, to Sapong and, um, Belko, he's going to have to know when to make these passes and, and just when to be that creative spark instead of being just the player that carries the ball forward from deep. Yeah, that that's, that is, yeah, that's true. Now, um, listeners, let us know. Question of the day, what is the entertainment value of MLS back? Let us know at Unxiam Soccer Pod or tweet at us individually at Jacob Trobe, at Stephen Jodderin, at Justin uh, Sosa 99. Lastly here, final two minutes. Is there a moment, a player, a team that has really stuck out that you said, wow, that's somebody, that's someone that is a team that we should all keep an eye out on for the next several months, years, whatever it may be? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna take the lead on this one. I'm going to bookend this show. Atlanta United, and not surprising in a good way. <laughs> This team, because as we're recording this now, this game's over. We're it, it's the last whistle here is about to be blown here. We're in the 95th minute. This team has looked so bad. They, you, how do you lose to FC Cincinnati? I understand you're down a man, but it's FC Cincinnati. How no do you goal not, scored either. No goal scored either. That's a great point there, Justin. This team, I think, is is, is definitely worth watching. Yeah, but they're see missing. This season kind of transpires. Yeah, 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 but. They're yeah, missing I get their missing... man. Do we think Joseph Martinez is going to like? Do, I don't know, man. The way they play under Frank DeBoer, there's nothing threatening really about them. I feel like there's nothing about Atlanta United that scares me the way that Tata, you know, the Tata Martino managed teams with Almiron and Martinez, uh, you know, on that team with Vialba and, and the likes of many others. 
like this team doesn't scare me. If I had to play this team in the playoffs, I mean, sure, they they they're solid defensively for the you know they were for the most part last year. But there's nothing about Atlanta where I think now that I'm going to get run off the field like I did a couple of years ago in a Tata. I mean, Justin, what what do you think? I mean, who's what team has really jumped out to you? Um, I'm going to keep banging the Portland drum. I mean, I, I've just really enjoyed watching their games. I think Eric Williamson's a player to watch. Uh, him and Char's partnership in midfield is is a uh, is like I said, it's like Artur Nagby-esque in a sense. Um, I was watching their their right back, Pablo Bonilla, make his debut. And he's another guy who is just like, you know, he's making his debut for this team in a really horrible set of conditions against the Houston Dynamo, who have a phenomenal front line. And he's closing down Albert Thelis and, and Quintero like it's nothing. So, I mean, that just goes to show their depth in, you know, not only what they have in midfield and up front, but in the back line too. Um, Ayo Akinola, obviously, with five goals. Um, but I think people have talked about him enough for the past two weeks for me to go on and add anything more other than the fact that his movement between defensive lines is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's his best attribute, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> let me, uh, let me give you Jake, uh, the most predictable answer. You ready for this? All right. Fire, fire away. Uh, the, the player I have enjoyed most and the player I think has been uh phenomenal for me personally, this is a personal opinion. <laughs> You're smiling. Go, give it to me. <laughs> oh, okay. This is so obvious. It's Gustavo Bowl. Yeah, obviously. I, no, I'm not You're kidding. You're a Revs guy. You <laughs> couldn't help yourself. I couldn't, you help, couldn't myself. help yourself. You couldn't go an entire show without making some sort of New England uh, reference or something of that nature. I, I can't wait to find the Tom Brady reference here at some point between now and the next five minutes and when we wrap up the show, too. Because, uh, Justin, that's coming. He'll find a way. But, yeah, you couldn't help yourself. No, look. I'm not saying Gustavo Bo has been the player of the tournament, not at all. I'm not saying the Revs have been the tournament, uh, play, uh, team of the tournament, and I'm not saying this is supposed to be up there. But if you're a young striker, watch Gustavo Bo because he does the little things that a striker needs to do. The 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 way that he he's able to shift uh, on the ball or able to to get the defender go the other direction with his shoulders. Those are little things that make the define a striker between good great and world class and i think there's a lot of benefit for players like that the smart intelligent players coming into mls from wherever they are and, and showcasing that and teaching teammates young americans young players who are in uh who are, are part of the youth teams part of the academy that and i've really enjoyed that Overall, though, I think Columbus Crew has has or Orlando; those two clubs have definitely caught my uh, attention. And I think Orlando has one of the best and prettiest soccer stadiums. They have one of the most electric atmospheres when the fans show up because the team has been so bad, so they haven't been showing up. Jake, you, you, I have said that. So if if Oscar Pereira can get this team cranking, ooh, it's going to be electric whenever fans ever show back up. But yeah, anyway, listeners, that wraps up today's show. Tweet at us at Uncle Soccer Pod. Lots has been said. Uh, Justin, I want to give you a chance to uh, wrap up the show here on your, I guess, unofficial debut because an interview is not really a proper debut. <laughs> this is a, this is baptism by fire here too. This this <laughs> this takes a lot of rehearsal to kind of just do your first close because we all have a way of doing it. So like, yeah, Justin, go ahead. Let's see how you do this. <laughs> fire away. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think if anything, these these past few weeks have kind of shown us that, um, you know, there is there is there's reason to be excited about these teams uh, in MLS and to kind of look forward to 
hopefully and potentially a regular season, however many games that may be. Um, but fans, I mean, you know, I'll be on more often, uh, hopefully. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was great to be on. It was great to talk MLS is back. Can't wait to talk more. Uh, see you around. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.